and welcome to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast where we talk about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. We've been gone for a while, but it's nice to see you, Marie, across the Zoom. How are you? I'm good. It should have been hello and welcome back to Now Yes, (laughs) welcome back to Now Fear This. Yes. Some people are probably like, wait, did they just quit you again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. What are you um, fearing? today well do you want to spin the wheel of fear or do you (laughs) (laughs) oh no the wheel of fear i fear the wheel of fear all right i'm going to tell you something trippy so we've talked a little bit about fearing all the photography that goes on on people's cell phones yeah pic pics or whatever yeah so I think this photographing things on the phone has become like such a part of our lives. And I'm actually fearing that I'm accidentally taking photos of things or I'm taking photos of things and I don't realize that I'm taking photos of them. Why? Okay. So this morning when I was in the bathroom getting ready, James goes, you took a picture of me while I was sleeping with my phone. And I said, no, I didn't. And he was like, well, either you did or someone crept into our house and did it. (laughs) I'm like, that's impossible, right? So he shows me a picture of him. I mean, he's sleeping. He's got the breathe right strip on. I mean, it's like not a flattering picture. Yeah. And, And Walter is like next to his head. And there's three photos and they progressively get more like wonky. Right? Are you sleepwalking? So the first one is like straight on and then it just starts to go like this. And it's literally a picture of him sleeping with Walter by his head. And I I had to have taken it, right? You would have had to get out of bed, get his phone, his phone, right? It's on his phone, but he couldn't have taken it. I mean, he's, I go, did you pretend, are you sure you weren't just like trying to do like a selfie of you and Walter? Like, he was like, no, I didn't take it. But it's on his phone. What time was it taken? Friday night. So I asked him when he took it. It was Friday or when it was taken. It was Friday night. We went to the movies. We went to go see Northman. And then I went to bed and he stayed up. So it, you know what? I'll have to look at the timestamp, but I'm just telling you, like, there was nobody else. It was Friday. <laughs> on earth. Are you sleepwalking? I have no idea. I mean, sometimes I accidentally take pictures of like the lower half of my body, you know, like I just. Yeah, like I do that when I'm like putting my phone in my pocket, I'll take a picture of something or screenshot, you know, whatever's on my screen. I Yeah, that's, I think. I mean, is it possible that I was like half, half sleeping, half awake and I saw him sleeping by his head and I was like, oh, he's he's chilling on the bed instead of like scratching the TV or causing mayhem. And I just wanted to like show him. I don't know. Walter in a peaceful moment. Yeah. But you don't have any memory of it. That is so interesting. Well, somebody's breaking into your house. I guess if all they're doing is taking photos (laughs) with your phones, I mean. Of James. Well, we had another thing recently. A friend of mine had surgery. And it was just kind of surgery to remove some polyps from her nose. But afterwards, we were asking her husband how she was doing. And while she was passed out, he took a photo of her, like with blood all over her face and stuff, and sent it to the group. I was like, I just said to James, I'm like, don't ever, don't ever do that. (laughs) That is, yeah, that's, no, 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 no. I know. But I do think we're a lot more relaxed with the phone now, just as a culture, you know. I have friends and family that'll just send gross, ugly pictures of like abscesses or like random medical things. Like, I don't need to see your tooth that's all rotted out in the back of your head. Like, why are you sending me a photo of that? I also think you have to explain to boys more often what photos are appropriate and not appropriate. Like, James is laying on the couch and Indy is laying on his legs and he thinks it's cute so he takes a picture of Indy laying on his legs but then the picture just he's wearing shorts so just like hairy legs (laughs) with the cat and like one of our friends because he sent it out to people one of our friends was like I don't want to see y'all's weird cat fetish stuff (laughs) can you just keep that weird stuff to yourself 
<laughs> okay, I fear that too. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I may have some photos of you that you wish I would delete. <laughs> At least I knew it when you were taking the pictures. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't like I grab was conscious. <laughs> if you're ever sleeping with like brownie batter, like <laughs> and like posed, you'll know I've got a problem. I've really got problems. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the only one who eats brownie batter. I'm not well, the only one. Let me ask you this before we get started. What is, what is your rule of thumb on taking pictures of sleeping people? I think there has to be an animal involved and you probably <laughs> ought to be in a consensual photo unconscious taking relationship. Uh, I, I know that people do it. I think it's become a lot more normalized with the millennial and Gen Z, but I don't know, man. I but it, okay I guess it depends on your motive if you're taking the photo to share it with other humans besides me then no that's not okay you know if I it, would never send a picture of Curtis sleeping to somebody right you know, it's just that that would never happen much less you know share it with the world well as with everything I wonder how much something being funny makes a difference hmm. a bunch of our friends got together at this house one time and one of my girlfriends was like really into Hinge at the time. Do you know what Hinge is? Mm -hmm. And she was really swiping right a lot. And she fell asleep in her room holding her cell phone like this with her, <laughs> with her finger. <laughs> it was, she was like in mid swipe right. It was crazy. And this weird Airbnb we were in, nobody could figure out how to start the hot tub. And apparently the switch to start the hot tub was in her room, which is very oh. weird. But a couple of the group went in there and the lights were still on. She looked like one of those, um, you know, those photos from the 1800s where people are like in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> and she was swiping right. And they took pictures of it. And then they came and told me, hey, we took a picture of her. And I was like, that's not cool. And then they showed me the photo. And I was like, like that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm ever doing something like that, take a picture, but just show it to me, not other people. All right. You have, you have, you get to authorize its yes. distribution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I make like posters and like Christmas <laughs> ornaments. <laughs> Yes, before the Christmas ornaments. Yeah. So what are you hearing, Becky? <laughs> oh my goodness, this kind of goes back to that thing that happened with the photo of James. If somebody's in your house taking pictures and then leaving without taking anything, um, I am fearing people being in your home without your consent or people that want to stay in your home and you can't get them to leave. So there's a lot of stories that went around during COVID because of the moratorium on evictions mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people who couldn't get people out of their houses who had rented you know basements or rented an apartment and they weren't allowed to evict them and then there's a show on and this is where a lot of I got a lot of my information there's a show on Netflix called worst roommate ever and did you get a chance to watch any of those episodes that I told you I, about? I did. So I watched a little bit of the first episode, but I really focused on the second episode. The one that I'm talking about, the roommate? Yeah. So the episodes, I think it's three and four, because there's not very many of this uh, first season of the Netflix show. And this one is called Roommate Wanted. And there's parts one and two to it. And it is one of the most infuriating and frustrating stories I've heard and I might have watched the wrong one now that I'm thinking about it the one about the guy who would move into your place so you couldn't get him to leave I think I watched the wrong one so this will be which one did you watch I watched the one about um Maribel Ramos no this one was about the squatter oh well this is exciting because I get to hear a new <laughs> so you didn't watch roommate wanted that's the one I I've you know, I was really spacey when you texted me about it, so that's okay, though. Okay, well, then uh, this will all just be news to you. I'm it's story time. Tell me a story. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. So I was going around and around about how I wanted to start this story because the way that they tell the story in the show is really, really good. How familiar are you with squatters' rights? I'm actually quite familiar with it. I've dealt with it in 
some friends of mine have dealt with it and and then with my grandma's farm this was a big issue for us as well um did this incident happen in california by the way no it happened up and down the eastern seaboard he did many different states washington dc pennsylvania new york he was all up and down Got it. but i so, know about some stories in california california uh, which is so, a mess so i have friends and uh work acquaintances who rent their homes or or rent properties and they have had circumstances where it has taken up to two years to get someone out um going through legal wrangling yeah. and so, so that is a, a, a very common across even in texas let me start here my sources are new york magazine ranker d magazine and then of course the netflix documentary show list verse and then Apple News, and I'll put those on our website, fearthispodcast.com. But I've heard stories about California. One of the ones that blew my mind, it might've been the first squatter's rights thing I heard was a family who hired a nanny to live in their home and take care of their children full-time. And when she moved in, she, she said, I don't want to work, but I'm going to live here. So thank you very much. And they couldn't get her out Yeah, uh, because of squatter's rights. It's, it's so unbelievable. It's so frustrating. So there's a story in D Magazine where a man and a woman, both attorneys, bought a small bungalow for his father, and they were going to fix it up. His father's in his 80s and can't take care of himself full time, so they were going to move into this home by their home so they could look after him and all these things. So they buy the house, and very quickly, they get quotes from all of the contractors and everybody. This was right before COVID. This was, you know, 2020, February 2020. And the owner goes by there one day and there's people in the house. I mean, he's, and he's like, wait, you know, knocks on the door. He's like, it's my house. What are you doing here? And the guy's like, get off my porch. This is mine now and slams the door. And the guy calls the police. Police come out and he's like, this is my house. And, and the guy comes out and shows him a fake rental agreement, like just a piece of paper that he had just made up and signed and the cops go, this is a civil matter. You need to follow with the courts. We wow. can't do anything. And that comes up again repeatedly with these stories of squatters. And the story I'm going to tell you about this guy, his last name is Bachman. And the idea that you can even steal someone's toaster, but you can steal their home, to me, is one of the most unbelievable things that's written in Dar Laws. It's just so crazy to me. And different states have different ones, like where some places it's like, uh, you can claim squatters' rights if you get mail there. Some places you have to live there for a few years. And so the guy in Dallas, there was an update recently. They finally got them removed. But they did all the things that you think you would, you know, turn off the water, turn off the electricity. They had a bucket of water on the front porch that they would refill, apparently, to go flush the toilets with. They would steal electricity from the people next door or something. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, and so people know these laws and they just can fuck with your life, you know. So let me tell you about this guy. Let's do it. Bachman. And there's different pronunciations that they use of his first name. It's spelled like it should be pronounced Jameson. But some of the people in the show called him Jamison, which that name really upsets me. And he's an asshole anyway. So I don't really care if I say it wrong. Jamison. Jamison. I, Isn't that real. awful? That's real. Yeah, it's that's awful. Real. So Jamison is a what, what we're going to end up calling a serial squatter. And you he pull did a Jamison on somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ew, it should be a, like an insult of some kind. Yeah. So let me just paint you a picture, okay? And they featured three women in the show, but it's dozens of people. And it's not just women. I thought it was just women because they just featured women in the show. And I thought this man is bullying these women, but he did it to men as well. And so he was in his 50s when the story began of, of how they're telling the story on the show. Apparently in person, he was a nice looking man. He had a law degree. He claimed to have lived in other countries and was in between jobs and needed a place to stay and would answer these roommate wanted, you know, ads where the women needed help to cover their rent because their roommate or their significant other had just moved out and they needed help with the rent. So they were kind of like in dire straits. Like I need a roommate in here to help me pay my rent. So here's our guy, Jamie, Jami. Let's call him Jami. Uh, Jami Bachman shows up with his 
apparently adorable dog and his two cats. And he's like, I'm a great guy. I run an online tutoring company. They, you know, you look it up and there he is. He's an attorney and he's blah, blah, blah. And more than once he's got his U-Haul. It's like right there. He's like, I, I, I'm ready to go, which to me is like red flag, but they're like, oh, okay, yeah. come on in. Just welcome on in. No background check, no nothing, no verifying his, you know, and one of the women in the New York Magazine article said he came in and had a blank, literal blank check that he wrote me a check on for the first month's rent. And he filled in the address in the upper left with my address. Wow. And when it cleared, I was like, oh, I guess it's, he's legit. He just hasn't opened his new bank account. Right. So that's the kind of things he would do. And for a while, it'd be fine. Like, uh, I don't know, a week or two would be fine. Maybe even a month or two, it would be fine. But then after a while, picture this, if this is you and you've got this guy that you think is a nice guy living in your guest room or your, you know, section of your house, but you come home from work one day and all your furniture has been moved around. He's rearranged your entire house. Oh, this sounds like my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, do I have someone that's... This is... Is she in your is she in your attic right now? She uh, might be. I don't know. You would never know. She's so tiny. She wanted um, to live on my roof. She said she'd put mosquito net out there and live on my rooftop deck. She could probably pull it off. But to me, that was one of the weirdest parts of this whole thing is he wanted to mess with these people psychologically. That was what he craved. That's what he got off on. So he was like he a re- serial killer, but this is his, his jam, his jamison. Jams, jam. This is Jamie's jam. Jamie's <laughs> jam is fucking with you. <laughs> but living in your house while he does it. Okay. Mm-hmm. This man is a psychotic creep. I mean, creep. So like this one woman comes home. He's rearranged her furniture. She's like, what, what, what are you doing? And he's like, isn't it better this way? You know, she's like, no, I want to put it back the other way, you know? Well, then he takes one of these women, he takes all of her dining room chairs and he puts them in his room and all of her dining room chairs. So she goes to his room. She's like, what are you doing? And he's, so he's arranged them to create a desk for himself. She's like, give me back my chairs. And he's like, you can have two of them. So she was only allowed to take two of them back. And I'm like, we are, we got a problem here. This man was not taking my chairs. So fucking creepy. So this other woman was kind of dating him when he, uh, she was dating him and he lived, he was a teacher at a private school and he lived in one of the teacher houses on the campus of the private school Mm -hmm. and he lost his job and they evicted him and it took months before he left that house as well. Like he was like, I'm not leaving, even though they fired him. Well, then she let him move in with her while they were dating. And then after a while it started turning into something where he wouldn't pay the bills and he didn't pay his share of the rent and then she's like what are you doing get out of my bed and he did the same thing with all these people he would eventually say things like I'm not going anywhere this is my house now Mm. and can you fathom I mean this is the part where I'm like if you get in your car outside your office when you're leaving work there's somebody in your car who's like this is my car now you know you call the police but he's in your home. Yeah. So one of them, and this woman was in New York. The two of them were in New York. They were on the show. And I think she was in Queens, the woman who dated him. And it took her from start to finish to get him out of her home. Four years. And Four I, years. Yeah. And I'm just going to put a side note on here, which okay. is these laws are really bad for women. And I know of a circumstance where a woman was married to a guy. The house was in her name. She left because of abuse. He refused to leave and he stayed there until the house was completely defaulted on. Yes. As revenge. Yes. Well, that's very common in terrible marriages where people are emotionally or physically abusive in Texas as well. And I know people that have been needing to get out of situations, but their attorney were like, if you leave, he gets to claim the house or you can't leave. So they're both living under this roof. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I've so, yes. stories, I'll say one more thing, during COVID of people breaking up and the significant other refusing to leave and then also bringing the new person there oh. to live in the house. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. things, things can oh. get really, really crazy fast. Yeah. By the way, these people that do the squatting stuff, 
they usually trash the house too. And there's no recourse for that either. Yeah, they're not taking care of anything. That's absolutely right. All right, back to our best friend, Jamie. Okay, so Jamie has done this for many, many years. Okay, he just moves from one place to another. And the one that I just said about four years, this is the one that makes me, when I was watching the show and they got to this part of the show, I literally sprinted out of the room because it made me so sick. So you just temporarily ran out of the room? I sprinted out of the room because I had to go and like shut a door. You know what I mean? Like I had to go and slam a door and sit and like get my head. Like, like, you know, get this is going to make, it's going to make you sick. What okay, happened? Right. So this situation had been going on for years, not four years yet. That was before it resolved itself. She had two or three cats and she had been dating him. He was sleeping in her bed they broke up. She's like, you're not paying rent. You're a bum. Get out of my house. He refused to leave. So finally she has to move into the guest room, which she describes as being like the size of a closet with her cats while he gets the run of the entire apartment. First of all, that makes me want to puke. Her landlord would do nothing because he didn't want to have to get involved with the rent, with all of the legal fees of trying to get this guy out. Right. So she was just stuck. Well, she talks to an attorney and she's like, what if I just change the locks? And they're like, that's illegal. You'll get arrested. Like what? And so the only recourse is to go and get restraining orders and stuff. Well, before she could get a restraining order filed, he filed one on her. And he claimed that she had held a knife on him. So she was charged with a crime and ordered never to go back to that apartment. So then he had her pets. He had her cats. Horrible. And her cats, one of them was very sick, needed medicine. And she was not allowed to go back and take care of these cats or get these cats. And by the time she was able to go back and do this, he had taken two of them to kill shelters. Wow. Disgusting. That's the part where I ran out of the room. Like even saying it right now makes my, you know, it's like, oh, well, one of them did get killed. The other one, she was able to go rescue from the shelter, but back and forth, legal stuff, legal stuff, legal stuff. He eventually leaves and he leaves with her cats that are still living and they're gone. They're gone. The next house he moves into, he's got two cats and they're hers and she never gets her cats back. It make, I mean, like that makes like, I'm looking at my cat right now. I'm like, one of us would end up dead. Me or Jamie, one of us would not survive this. You're not taking my fucking cat. You're not taking my fucking cat. But that's the thing, too, with these stories. Like, again, I I think that a lot of the laws are very antiquated towards women. And maybe it goes back to the time when women had no rights. But many, many spouses are very vindictive with children in that way, too. I've seen it. True crime shows where and actually women do it to men, too. They preemptively call the police and yes, and yes. then they don't. Yes. They literally do not care about the well-being of their children at all. It's just about sticking it to the spouse. Yep. yep. And I imagine people do the same thing with animals. Obviously. Yes. And so he kidnapped her animals, and she never got them back. And so the part that continues to just blow my mind about these stories is what is the mentality of this guy? I kept looking at Curtis and looking at the TV going, just move in by yourself. Don't you just go live by your fucking self, right? Well, the New York Magazine article by William Brennan is really, really well written. And he does a lot of research on this stuff. He talks to different people. I'm going to quote him directly because he says it so well. He says, Bachman wasn't a typical squatter and that he was not interested in strong arming his way to free rent. Instead, what he enjoyed, he relished creating pain and anguish of those people who had taken him in and knowing that he was about to turn their lives into a nightmare. And one of the things he did after Hurricane Sandy was he pretended to be a refugee from living in New York when all the storms hit and stuff, moved in with a woman in New Jersey and did the same thing to her. And he's so like, he has the secret knowledge of what he's about to do to you, but he gets to sit there in your home and watch you suffer. Isn't that just like a a particular type of psychopathy or whatever it is? I don't even know. Insanity that I can't even get my head around. Well, what I think that's unique about this situation is that he's a stranger to these people. Because to be honest, I think family members do this all the time to other family members. 
Like, I think this is a pretty common thing. What, like, not leaving your house? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my own family, my mom suffered from relatives moving in with her and just never leaving. And the, the difference is with a family member, there's even more pressure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because you don't have yeah. to kick out a family member. And I And there's an emotional connection, but there's also emotional connection from the person who's squatting in your mom's home who needs help or whatever. Right. There's also a feeling that that person could rely on like, well, they can't kick me out because I'm family and they love me. Right. You know, there's absolutely none of that here. It's so freaking bizarre. You know, I like in, in like whatever anybody wants to do with their own sex life, whatever, I don't care. I don't judge. I don't know what you do behind closed doors, whatever. I'm sure that if I saw it, I would think it was weird. You judge a little. That's okay. I, but I'm not going to look in your windows and watch whatever you're doing. No, you know? and you're like, not going to like, you're not whatever, gonna- whatever gets you off, gets you off, right? <laughs> whatever gets you off, gets you off. Right. You're going to talk bad about them behind their back, but you're not going to Yeah, gonna talk I'll roll my eyes, but, um, but this guy, this is what gets him off. And it's such to me an extraordinary singular psychopathy, or I don't even know the word. I'm not even using the right words because he blows my mind. He's so weird. Anyway, the rest of this quote from the New York Magazine, William Brennan article, he says, he seemed to relish the anguish of those who had taken him in without realizing they would soon be pulled into a terrifying battle for their home. Nothing they did could satisfy or appease him because the objective was not material gain, but the sadistic pleasure of watching them squirm as he displaced them. That's the stuff I'm talking about. Like he got off, not on whether or not I could get free rent, but this stuff, this watching you be in pain you know Did you ever commit any acts of violence oh i'm gonna get to that okay so one of the other things that they said in the article is so the woman that he was living with her last name was frost and this was when he claimed to be a hurricane sandy refugee she called the press like she tried to get him out of her house and all these tactics and nothing worked and so she tried to call the press well he got interviewed by a reporter in 2013 And he says, I'm happy to have her file an eviction notice. Basically, he doesn't care. He says, she pays the filing fee. And then I piggyback on that and hit her with a counterclaim. It's just tactics. So what he craved was the fight. His goal was to get his roommates to sue him and to sit in their home and watch them be miserable every second of the day. Isn't that fucking psychotic? Yeah. I mean, and he, by the way, went to law school. He did graduate law school. He grew up in a a pretty, what I understand, pretty Tony part, I think, Philadelphia. Um, Parents, you know, he did the whole thing. He had an older brother. He had, he did baseball games. Parents tried to do the right thing by him. His brother became very successful, married a very successful woman, had children, the whole thing. And he just never kind of got his life together. So he took the bar once, failed it, and never took it again. Well, okay, this is part of the story that is so weird. Like, it doesn't even really have anything to do with the story, but it's so weird I have to include it in the story. Okay, so our buddy, Jamie, when he was in Tulane University in the fall of 1975, there's a really bizarre thing that happened, okay? So there's a frat house, uh, the Sigma Chi house, just off campus. And there was a guy who was a member of the Sigma Chi house and had a little bit of an argument with a school librarian named Randall Vadreen. Now, Randall Vadreen would call, I think it happened twice, called campus police on, police on Goodsight because Goodsight was eating a cheese sandwich in the library and that was not allowed. Why the fuck am I telling you this story? This gets weirder, okay? By the way, before you continue, yeah, what's even weirder is while you were telling the story, I was thinking I want to snack on some cheese. I <laughs> I was thinking that before you brought up the cheese sandwich. Bro. Really? Oh, that is weird. That-, that is weird. All right. So one day, <laughs> transferring some cheese vibes to me. Or something. our buddy Jamie is visiting his friend. Okay. Good sight. Good sight is his friend from back in Elkins Park in Philly or wherever the fuck that is. He's visiting him at the Sigma Chi house, okay? The librarian murders Good sight just outside of the Sigma Chi house, slashes his throat, almost beheading him. The librarian because of the cheese. The li- because of the cheese sandwich, okay? 
this is i'm telling you it's the weirdest story i've ever i mean it's the weirdest fucking story so i know more about this librarian but a continue. police spokesperson said i know it sounds incredible but from what we understand they never argued about anything else it was always about the sandwich so good sites led to death right in front of our buddy jamie bachman and some two dozen other witnesses is that not fucking what are the weirdest like side notes to any like that could be a show itself that could be its own like fucking what are you fearing i guess i'm fearing eating a cheese sandwich and get murdered by a librarian I, I mean people are i mean you just never know when something's gonna turn violent or weird so a spinning class has opened up in this neighborhood and they've taken over all the parking all the spinners are taking all the parking so we're like circling 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 and finally james is like well i'm just gonna get into one of these spinning class parking spaces real quick and run in and get starbucks we're literally there 20 seconds and as we're pulling out of the space this woman in a mercedes comes barreling towards us like she's gonna just slam into our car and she's like screaming for us to roll down our window and of course it's me that's facing her and james rolls down my window their window <laughs> great so this woman is just lecturing me about how i need to stay out of the parking spaces and whatnot and then she was just kind of like getting angrier and angrier and i'm like we got it we got it we got it and then when i realized she wasn't gonna stop i was just like i just slowly rolled the window up and i was like <laughs> while she was yelling felicia <laughs> and i was just like but I was like, she's really working herself up into a froth. I'm like, and am I going to get stabbed by the owner of the spinning, you know, class or like, yeah, yeah but it's crazy how people escalate really quickly over a small slight. Yes. It's I think remarkable. I probably ruined her whole, her whole day. Like, I feel like she's she probably, probably still talking about you. You know, this fucking couple rolled into the spinning blah, blah, blah. And then they wouldn't let me yell at them. Yeah. And she said, bye, Felicia. And if I ever see her again. She really did say that? Yeah, I did. Oh, you said that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should say that. <laughs> I said, bye, Karen. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. it, whatever. I, I sidetracked us, but I, my point is that the cheese sandwich thing is not as unbelievable as you would think to me. I'm not even to the weirdest part. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> the librarian didn't even get indicted on the murder. <laughs> Why? It was justifiable because. I don't know. All it says is a grand jury declined to indict him. What is the actual fuck, people? Is there more information we're not getting here? I'm sure, but it was 1975. There's no, you know, you don't know what. Oh, 1975. Well, you should have said that right from the start. I did. Um, <laughs> the guy, the library. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Was the librarian? Was the person the librarian killed white? From what I understand, he was uh, he was from Elkins Park, which is a nice, you know, little suburban oh, area, and he's uh, uh, good friends with this guy. So I, I don't know. I mean, this guy was growing up in a a white neighborhood, and it just seems like one of those things. You know, there's more to the story. Like, why would you not indict somebody that murdered someone over a cheese sandwich? I don't well, have any images of him. I, I, I feel like we're maiden heading off on this one. Sorry. We did. We took an exit. You, knew when you brought it up. It was just going to eclipse the other story. But Isn't this the weirdest story? So when they're doing the show on Netflix, they talk about Jamie, his friends. Like, they have like, uh, two friends of his, I think, from college or no, childhood, who are like, well, he was a nice guy. He's a my best friend he was always a little weird but he was my best friend i think this witnessing this murder just really screwed him up you know and they're trying to blame all of his psychotic behavior on this to which i would say you literally have two dozen other witnesses who saw this death did they go around doing all these horrible things to people no so don't tell me that it's because of that okay so we're back on to the freeway we're getting back we're back from the maidenhead express ramp okay so eventually things start to happen where he gets kicked out of these different homes, right? Like he, he eventually will get kicked out or removed from each of these homes. And then within a week or two or a month or so, he'll find another home. Are there so that's records just, of, are there any like legal filings or complaints or anything that follow him or is it? Oh yeah. 
one of the women who he moved in with, the one where he took all of her dining room chairs, after he moved in, because I think he moved in very quickly, like the day or the next day that they met, after he did the weird thing with the chairs, her mother looked him up and he was not going by his real name. He, go, he went by a different name. Um, and, but she found him using his phone number, like a reverse trace on his phone number. Then come all of the news articles about him, what he'd done to the woman about Hurricane Sandy and all these things. And she's like, we got to get him out of here. And he wouldn't leave. Well, she started doing kinds of things that I would do. I was like, God bless you. Um, except it ended up almost getting her killed. So one night she's like, he hates rap music. He hates this. He hates that. He hates parties. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to have rap music. And I'm going to do it during the time when I know he's working online tutoring his students. I'm going to fuck with his life. So she did. And one of her buddies that night, she had like 30 people over, rap music really loud. They were drinking Jameson whiskey. And she was fucking with a guy. Yeah, well, she put, she put Jameson whiskey. Huh? Jameson whiskey. So she put up pictures of his previous victims that she'd found when she did all of her research on him, like on the wall. So you have to see it in the bathroom and stuff. And she was really fucking with him. She's like, he, he's not going to be comfortable here if he's going to live here. One of her friends took um, his, his Jameson's bedroom door off like he got the tools and just took off the hinges <laughs> really fucking with them i'm watching this thinking when your friends go home you're in trouble girl you in danger girl well her friends go home and they're like come with us she's like it's my house i'm not leaving well the next day he did physically assault her and oh. and and it ended up where he um like he took her by the throat then he runs back to his room when she fought him off and then something happened where he ended up slashing her with scissors or something. And so when the cops came, they finally arrested him for assault. Okay, good. Well, when he's gone, she and her mother start combing through all of his shit. And the dipshit had kept all of his legal records. Like, what did he get off on it? Reading it at night and all the different names he went by and all the people who had to file paperwork on him. And they found all this stuff. And they also found a gun case and bullets, but no gun. And so then they started searching the entire house for a gun. Like, where did he put the gun? They never did find the gun. Well, eventually, here's what happens to our friend, Jamie. Do we know this the is, next woman who did the rap party? She's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind calling her out. Let me see if I can find it. It's kind of sad to me, but a friend of mine was telling me a story about a girlfriend of hers who had an abusive boyfriend and she couldn't get him out of the house. And the girlfriend was like, I'm probably going to have to provoke a confrontation with him so that he'll Ugh. so that he'll beat me up and I can call the police that's terrible but that yes. there's a lot of that there's a lot of that yep okay so her name is Alex Miller and her mother Susan Miller is kind of a badass too her mom was in on trying to Both her mom went to badasses. her mom went to the party and was like you're not doing this to my daughter yeah I'd love yeah. to go to that party that I'd love to have been to that fucking party you come come at me bro Okay, so he goes to jail, and now let's come back around to his family. His parents are dead, but he's got an older brother, and his brother is 100% squared away. Like, he's just got, he's got his wife, his family. He's got, I think, two grown children and at least one grandchild. His brother's name is Harry Bachman, and he was living in Elkins Park with his wife, and Harry bailed out his brother, and he wanted to come and stay with Harry. Jamie did. and. Harry was going to be a little bit okay with it, really, kind of, because it was his brother. But the wife was like, please don't. I don't think this is a good idea. Let's not. This guy, your brother's a psycho. He had done this a couple times, and they had, and he had turned psycho on, on Harry's wife. And just, just, she's like, this is not a good idea. Okay. So Jamison was bailed out by Harry on October 28th. This is just in the last few years. And he wanted to stay with Harry. Harry said no. Harry's wife, Caroline, was out of town to see their newborn grandchild. And then Harry was going to drive up later and meet her. She asked her husband, please don't let him stay there. I don't feel good about this. And so he honored her wishes. But on the night of November 3rd, he's planning to go and meet his wife, pulls up in front of his own house, and he sees his brother there waiting for him. Jamie is waiting for him. So he texts his wife, guess who just showed up as I drove in? Then he says, no, don't guess. It was Jamison. Well, Caroline never saw him. He never showed up. He never came to the 
meet the grandkids. So she called the police and they went to the home and they saw that his car was not there. So they assumed he'd left, but they returned later that day and saw some blood on the sidewalk and followed it up to the front door. And the dining room was blood spattered, holes in the wall. There's a serving dish that was shattered and shards of it were everywhere on the floor. They followed, quote, bloody drag marks, unquote, to the basement door, which had been blocked by a box. They opened the door and there was the body of Harry Bachman. His brother had murdered him. So the guy who wrote the article for the New Yorker is writing it in real time. And he's talking about how he was already investigating the story. And then he went to the preliminary hearing on December 11th for Jamison being charged with this murder. And so this is how he describes it. He says, this is at nine o'clock. I entered a low slung district court building in Elkins Park, a few minutes away from the little house where Harry had died. There were cheap stackable chairs and two wooden tables. And after months of talking to those forced to live with him, I felt nervous about being so close to Jamison. After a few minutes, the room was still empty and a clerk came in. Are you here for the nine o'clock? It's been canceled because Jamison was dead. He had hanged himself in his cell at the Montgomery County prison. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the people that he terrorized, one of them was a woman who was in a relationship with somebody who moved out. And so she needed to be able to pay her mortgage. She needed roommate, a roommate. He moved in very quickly and then did this to her. So she ended up losing her home. I mean, he left a trail of absolute financially wrecked people, mm-hmm. just wrecked. And, and not just for financially wrecked, but emotionally and psychologically wrecked. Like he wanted to mess with people so much that he, but, but witness their suffering. Isn't it? It's kind of like its own unique form of, of torture, you know? It is, but you know, the reason why I asked if it came to violence is I always feel like these sadistic behaviors are always a pretty much a precursor to some sort of violent act you rarely find someone that enjoys other people's suffering that doesn't eventually turn to murder or rape or some sort of violence. So in this case, obviously that happened as well. So there's definitely, I mean, and for him, I think being challenged, but there's always a violent component to it. Yeah, eventually there can be. And the trigger, you know, I guess was that he he had gotten arrested and finally charged with a felony, which I don't think had happened before in his life that's never gonna you know I mean you know what these situations are like you know how in a bar when two guys are about to fight and they like get as close to each other as possible like they're gonna kiss and they start bumping chests and they're like that's what this is like right it's like who's gonna flip out first Mm -hmm. or it's like a game of chicken in a way Mm -hmm. these really crazy violent people if they can't continue what they're doing that's gonna trigger them Mm -hmm. and I we could probably even do this particular case, um, but I saw a show recently, a couple of shows about families that are trying to get their grown kids out of the house. Yeah. And then once they finally pull the trigger and say, you got to go by the state, the kids kill them. Yes. Yes. That's a thing too. Yes. Um, There's a story in, in the Dallas area of a kid, not a kid, but a uh, the adult child of a couple who moved in with them as an adult because he'd lost his job or I don't know what the thing was and eventually they kicked him out and he had left behind like a pornography collection and they threw it out and he sued them and he won like $40,000 because wow. they threw away his pornography collection. Wow. <laughs> so crazy. I mean that squatting thing is what what Oh, no, you go. The squatting thing to me is such mentality of that I cannot understand. Like, I cannot understand. Like, needing to be in a place where people don't want you, right? You know? And so there's a story that just this morning I read. Okay, this is such a strange story, too. And this is the headline on NBC. Home that sold for $805,000 comes with stranger living in the basement. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they can't get rid of them this is in fairfax virginia and and all the listings it said you have to acknowledge that the home 
will convey with a person living in the lower level with no lease in place. You are not allowed to access the basement, okay? And so after the home is listed, Instagram account Zillow Gone Wild posted about it, quote, noting that it came with a specific clause in the purchase price and comments like this, 800K for five bedroom, four bath and your own serial killer. <laughs> Is the basement haunted? Feels like the basement's haunted. And it says, it says before the sale closed, the real estate agent said that the previous owner was an elderly man and he offered the basement dweller a place to stay years ago because she cleaned his home and he let her stay and she never left and she does not pay rent. So it sold for cash in five days. And people are like, all right, I guess I need a house that bad. <laughs> it comes with my own serial killer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly because I watched a different episode of this particular yeah. show. <laughs> um, but it still relates. And it's funny, these squatters all have funny names. This woman was murdered by her roommate and the guy's name was Casey Joy, which is also... Yeah. That's a strange, yeah, that's strange. That sounds strange. a very porny name. Yeah. Mirabel Ramos, she was a badass. Yeah. In the military, she was physically fit. She was about to finish her college degree in criminal justice. So she was very much someone who could take care of herself. And she needed a roommate. She ended up rooming with this older gentleman, Casey Joy. And I don't know, he was, he seemed like he was in his 50s or even older. And of course, he developed a crush on her. And when she finally had to kick him out because he wouldn't take no for an answer, he murdered her. I think this is the segment of the show where I become my mother. <laughs> There's advice that my mother and like older women in my life have given me my whole life. And one of the, the conversations that went around was that men and women can't really be friends. And I don't totally agree with that. But what I will say is, if you have a, a relationship with a guy or with a, a woman that is hang out 24-7, walk the dog together, eat meals together, watch Netflix together, and it's a quote-unquote friendship, somebody is going to start being attracted to the other person. So when you're yeah, I think that's a roommate... True. I think especially women need to consider that maybe, just maybe, a straight male roommate is not the best option. Right. And that was just a little Rosemary's advice moment. Oh, Rosemary. <laughs> There's like some validity to it, even if it doesn't turn violent. How uncomfortable is it if your roommate falls in love with you? And then you have to kick them out for that reason. Or, or if you, you, get, you start dating someone and you bring that person home and there's the roommate sitting the other end of the couch giving you the side eye or sharpening their knife. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be very well, uncomfortable. What if you fall in love with your roommate and they start bringing your girl home? So right. Right. I say, right. you know, roommate is a really big deal. I mean, you've got to research people nowadays before you bring them in. And, and also for women, I think they women need to really protect themselves and be careful about isn't that ironic that maybe you want a dude living with you because you'll feel safer and then the person that you're living with becomes the threat you know i can see that being appealing having a dude living with you where you feel safer you know maybe um, maybe just live with a really buff gay guy i love buff gay guys i That's do not too. a bad idea at all i do too yeah I, but I, the I, one the one woman okay but the one woman was dating him and he needed a place to stay, so she let him move in. As we start to wrap this one up, I'll say that I would not have considered necessarily were I to offer my couch to a friend or somebody who needed a place to crash, I wouldn't consider that they would never leave. That's not something would occur. Or that if I kicked them out to the curb and literally put their shit outdoors, that that would be illegal. To yeah. me, I would never. And apparently in these places where he was staying, he knew the law so well he knew exactly how to get to, to claim squatters rights and one of the places he stayed was all you had to do was get mail there that's it and once he got mail there then he could claim it as his house which to me is also batshit bananas how long was the woman dating him by the way how long yeah oh like months and months i mean it wasn't like she just met the guy yeah i don't know rosemary's creeping back in again <laughs> <laughs> rosemary 
No, I, I mean, I also think that when you move in with somebody, just really consider that that's somebody you want to be in that kind of relationship with. Yeah. I mean, her- that was, it was an eye opener for people during COVID. Mm-hmm. People lost their jobs and they literally couldn't move. And then you're stuck with this person. Yeah. Yeah. If you can yeah. afford it. I say, keep a, keep a place. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that advice. Um, so I don't know if we have uh, terrified people into never wanting to have somebody live with them again. I certainly would think three times before I would post remain wanted and let somebody move in is I just don't try to trust people. I mean, you know, I mean, apparently you can't even, some of these people can't even trust your friends or the person you're dating. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, And also maybe, and I had roommates once, you know about my roommates. I do. (laughs) But I, I guess something that I never thought to consider when you're moving in with somebody, like you really need to consider how they live, what their preferences are, because you're sharing a space with them. And even if the person isn't trying to torture you like Jamie was, you can <laughs> be in a situation where people's lifestyles are absolute yes. torture. Yes. And then and you're completely stuck. incompatible. Yeah. 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 And it could, like, when we first started talking about like roommate, you know, bad roommates, you and I had talked about doing an episode, right? Even before the show came out, we talked yeah. about that was one of the things we wanted to be fearful of, you know? And then I saw the show and I was like, you are shitting me. They actually made a show out of it. I didn't know it was going to turn into murder. I, you know, I mean, bad roommates can usually, I mean, it can just be the dishes stack up or something, you know, like, but murder. I really think if I could, if we could walk away with this with any real advice for people, even though we're not an advice show. Yes, don't listen to us, but we're going to give you the advice anyway. (laughs) One thing that I kept thinking about, you know, I had an an incident with my mom where a guy was living in her attic. Yes. And And that is in one of our shows. Yeah. So listen to all of our episodes because I don't know where the hell it was, but it was in there. It is. And you know, at one point when we were cleaning out the house or cleaning out her garage, I went up into the attic and I saw empty McDonald's bags. Now, to be honest, I should have been like, oh my gosh, there's empty McDonald's bags up there. What the hell? You know what I mean? But mom, are you going up to the attic to eat McDonald's? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I think there's this um, instinctual thing that people have. They don't want to get people in trouble. So they they put up with abuse or different things. They don't want to say anything. That's often why women don't contact the authorities. I don't want to get him in trouble. I just yeah. want him to leave me alone. You know, exactly. that's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What I was going to yeah. say is people need to trust their instincts a little more often. And so if you find yourself in a situation where things have gone bad with the roommate or squatting and all that, you have to implement some way to protect yourself. Because even though it's like you don't want to lose your house and all that, I mean, I, I just think about that that woman, Mirabel Ramos. She needed mm-hmm. to get out of that house. I mean, and actually it wasn't even her house. It was a an apartment that they were renting together. So she could have just got out of the house. Like that that's what she should have done. But she didn't want to get him in trouble. She wanted to resolve it person to person, which I totally understand, but I think we all have to start trusting our instincts if we think a situation is not solvable without outside help. And it's not a sign of weakness to say. Or, or it's, and it's not a sign of, of you getting vengeance on the person. That's the issue for me is they're the ones in the wrong. Yeah, They should face consequences if they're doing something wrong. Like you're not responsible for the fact that they're doing something wrong. You're responsible for taking care of your shit, you know? Right. And if they're the ones who are fucking up and being horrible or breaking the law or breaking the rules or breaking a contract, you know, fuck it. Get them in trouble. Fuck them. Yeah. You know? Once a bad situation starts, it's fantasy to think that there aren't going to be consequences. You're not going to walk away from this with a friend. Right. <laughs> just, right. Right. It's really- a good question. That's a good point, though, because people can ask themselves, like, what are you really trying to protect? Right. What are you really trying to protect? The relationship fuck that what do you care you know that they're horrible anyway but maybe just self-protect you know get get yeah. them out uh, keep yourself safe yeah yeah i do have so, a question for you as we're wrapping up mm-hmm. i don't know the answer to this but i keep seeing all these commercials for this company called home title lock have you seen this no 
there's a new scam going around where, according to this commercial, so I don't know if it's true or not, where people just make a title and claim that they own your house. And then, yeah, it's like a cyber crime thing. So they register their title to override your title. So the service is offering kind of like a life lock for your house mm-hmm. title. I'm just curious if that's a real thing or if it's like a... I've, I haven't heard that in the U.S. I know a story in the U.K. where a guy had that happen. He went on an extended vacation into the Spain or something, into the mainland Europe, and he comes back and people are living in his home and they're absolutely shocked to see him. And he's absolutely shocked to see them because they bought this house from somebody who had a title to it. And that, that was, I think, what they did was that he made up a title, pretended to own the house, took the money and let them move in Oh, wow. while the guy was gone. Yeah. 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 yeah there's, there's fake real estate ads too, where people are renting empty houses to people. So when we were in the UK, this is the last little story I'll tell. It's a, it's a little bit entertaining, but it's horrible too. When we were living in the UK and <laughs> in Cambridge, there nobody has air conditioning, so everyone's windows are open. And one Saturday afternoon, we heard just this man was screaming at the top of his lungs, just yelling, yelling, yelling. It sounded like he and another dude were getting into a fight, yelling, 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 up and down the street, yelling, yelling, yelling. And so eventually he gets in a car and drives off and I hear a girl crying. She's standing on the street. So I go over to her across the street and I ask her if she's okay. And at this point, other neighbors have kind of come out, you know, because the whole time I was thinking it was two dudes yelling at each other. And I'm like, I don't need to get involved in this, you know, but it turns out that was not two dudes. It was just the one dude yelling in, in anger at like the sky and yelling at her. And I was like, I'm not so sure your boyfriend, you know, is doing okay. And she's like, that was my dad. I was like, oh God, that was your dad. Yeah, and he came to help me move into this apartment, but it, um, we think it now, we think it was a scam and that she'd given money to somebody who didn't own that apartment and they kept telling her they're going to show up with the keys and they didn't and she couldn't get a hold of them and she had all her belongings just oh, on the sidewalk. Yep. You're like, I don't think your father is right. I don't think he's doing too good. <laughs> and he never came back. She had to call her mom to come get her. And oh my God. Show. The cops came and... Oh, it was a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Charlotte. I hope she's doing okay. (laughs) There was an incident once where I had a flat tire and I drove on the flat tire for a long period of time. And my dad had to come get me and change the tire. And if you had seen his reaction to that, you'd probably (laughs) not okay as well. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Dudes get pissed off about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a lot more, but I think we're out of time and that we're just going to have to, I mean, not on Jamison, Jamie, I think we're done with him, but uh, and other stories like this, but that can be stuff for another episode because there is way too much creepy stuff going on with people living in people's houses for me to just, I'd, I'd love to hear more about people uh, like hiding in people's houses. That's I could totally do that episode right now, but we're going to do um, maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll do one on that. We'll do that because I've got some really creepy ass stories on that. Sounds good. All right. Uh, anything else on this particular topic? Nope. I think. Okay. I think Ready to wrap it up? Yeah, wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our welcome back episode. Yep. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what we're going to do from now on is maybe not do every week, but maybe every other Friday, unless I can really get to where my editing is just, you know not taking over my life. I think we're going to come back regularly, but every other week, twice a month or something like that for a while. This podcast is taking over her life. (laughs) I hear it did. And I'm sorry we were gone for so long. We couldn't get our schedules matched up to even get on the Zoom together. But um, thank you for listening to this episode and stay tuned to for the next couple weeks for the next episode to drop. In the meantime, go to our website, fearthispodcast.com. Tell us what you fear email us at fearless at nowfear.com and follow our instagram at fearlesspodcast.com no and there follow is our instagram our handle is fear this podcast is it now fear this podcast or is it fear this podcast? well I, I all i know is there's life-changing content <laughs> on the website. Sure. i really can't believe it it's been so long that i can't remember that our fucking 
Yeah. Now fear this podcast is our is our Instagram. And actually, this is our opening episode, and Becky has only said the F word once. No, you're keeping count. Yeah, you just said it right now. Just like to sail us off into the next episode. <laughs> I think I said it more than that. No, I don't think somebody so. go back and count. Watch okay. it back. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have the F word count. All right. Um yes, go to our website for life changing content. All right. See you next time. See y'all. You always have to have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> no, we-